Thank you. Hallelujah. Are you excited tonight? Uh, there was an awesome presence of God here this morning, you know, when we were in worship. And God started reminding me a lot of things of what, of, of what I want to preach about tonight. And I've taken a very simple scripture. I just want to go back to the foundations. It says, Romans, 10, Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Faith comes from hearing, hearing the word of God. Faith comes from hearing, hearing the word of God. It's very simple and it's very foundational. But the difference between having faith and not having faith could be somebody's death. The difference between having and not having faith may be the loss of, of finances. The difference between having and not having faith is the destruction of a nation. It's important that we have faith because that could mean a difference for somebody else. You know, as I was, I was worshipping God and God started talking to me about the difference between life and death in my own family. You know, both my children were born with great difficulty. And as I was worshipping, God started reminding me the times when our children were born. You know, when Jesse was pregnant with our, our elder one, I have two girls, pretty girls, wonderful girls. They wrapped me around their little finger. <laughs> and I was, you know, Jesse had been carrying our elder one for about three months, and she'd suddenly developed premature pains. And again, into the seventh month, you know, we... She was admitted in the hospital and discharged after a week. The second time she was admitted again in the seventh month. And this time it looked pretty bad. And at the, around the same time, I had lost my job. So when I looked around, it looked like everything was, was falling flat on its face. And all I and Jesse could do was sit and cry. We cried in front of the Lord, and the Lord spoke to us, nothing will happen. Nothing will happen. And she's 12 years old now. When our second one was, you know, Jesse was pregnant with our second one. Four weeks into the pregnancy, she suddenly started bleeding very heavily. The bleeding was very heavy, and so she went to the doctor, and the doctor said, you're miscarrying. You're losing your child. Now, the second child, the, the age gap between the first one and the second one is about eight years, eight and a half years. So the second child is born after a lot of desire, you know, after a lot of waiting. And so Jesse went to the doctor the second day, and the doctor said the same thing. You're miscarrying. You're already, you know, you're, your body is in shock. You're miscarrying. Jesse came home and she asked God, God, what's your opinion about this? And God said, those who wait upon the Lord shall rise up like eagle. Faith comes by hearing, hearing of the word of God. That child is four years old now, would be four in August. So what I'm talking today is something 
that can be the difference between death and, and life. You know, if you look at the people in the Bible, the four friends, the four friends carried the paralytic friend. It was their faith that got healing for that man. You know, as you are sitting here, the faith that you will catch tonight can be the difference between somebody getting a healing, somebody being delivered, somebody being set free from that bondage that they have been for many years. It is that faith that can shift and make change in their life. Faith is the most important thing. It's a foundational thing, but it's the most important thing. So I started looking at the Bible says, faith comes by hearing, hearing of the word of God. Okay, so my faith is a product of hearing God. That's what it means. Am I right? My faith is a product of hearing God. So if I don't hear God, my faith won't arise. It won't increase. But I've also discovered by walking with God that faith, when I hear, where do I hear? I hear it in my spirit. That's what makes the difference. It's not just, just hearing through my ears. But if I don't catch it in my spirit, if I don't catch it in my soul and my mind, it won't, it won't become faith. It is just a jumble of words. So when I, when I started looking at, you know, what do I say, Lord, tonight? What do, I, what do I bring to the people tonight? He started talking to me. He said, it is impossible to please God without faith. It is said in the Bible that it is impossible. Hebrews 11.6, it is impossible to please God without faith. How many of you want to please God? Yep, we all, need to play, we all want to please God, but how, how, do we, how are we able to please Him when we hear Him? So we need to hear, and we, need, we will have to learn. You know, I'm talking to myself tonight. We need to learn how do we hear God? How do we hear God? Is it only on Sunday that we hear God? Is it only when we are awake that we hear God? You know, is it possible, like Bryden was saying, I was on my toilet seat this morning and I heard God. You can hear God. What's the time you can hear God? Can you hear God when you are asleep? What, what things would you, would you hear God from? Would you be interested in the groceries? Would you be interested in, you know, in buying a property? What are the things that He would talk to you about? Awesome. You know, the scripture, I started looking at the scripture. You know, Romans chapter 10, it has a background. That here, the author of that book is starting to talk about the people of Israel. He's talking about the people of Israel. So there's a bit of background there. And God spoke to me, you know, a while ago. He said, if people want healing, they need to do three things. People want healing, they need to do three things. This is not physical healing alone. Healing in any area of your life. It could be your finances, relationship, any area of your life. You need three things. He said you need to hear with your ears. You need to see with your eyes and perceive. And you need to, to get it into your heart and understand. I'll show you the scripture. Because this is what Jesus, you know, many times I've wondered, why did Jesus have to talk all these things in parables? You know, everything that Jesus did, he talked in parables. Deuteronomy 29, verse 2 to 6. Deuteronomy 29, verse 2 to 6.
it's interesting that, that Moses is talking to the people. You know, he's talking to the people of Israel and he says, you know, you have saw, seen all these miracles that have happened. You have seen, you know, God walk through you, through with you for 40 years. And he says, you have seen all that the Lord did before your eyes in the, in the land of Egypt to the Pharaoh and all his servants. The great trials which your eyes have seen and the sign of those great wonders. And then he says, verse 4, but to this day, the Lord has not given you a heart to perceive and the eyes to see and the ears to hear to this very day. What, what is God saying here? Or what is Moses saying here? Did the people of Israel not see the miracles? They saw the miracles. They saw the Red Sea part. They saw the rocks being, being broken open. They saw the water come out of the rocks. They saw, you know, they saw manna come from heaven. They saw all these things. But still it's saying that you, did not, you do not have eyes that see. Isaiah chapter 6. I'm just laying a foundation before I, before I start sharing of what God has put on my heart tonight. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 9 and 10. You know, Isaiah is, is having this big revelation in, in, in chapter 6. He sees God seated high and, and, and mighty. And he hears, you know, the angels go holy, holy, holy. And then he hears God's call. He says, who will go for us? And Isaiah says, I will go. But then suddenly God gives him something different. He says, he said, go and tell these people, be, be ever hearing but never understanding. Be ever seeing, but never perceiving. Make the heart of the people calloused. Make their ears dull and close their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and understand in their hearts, and they will turn and be healed. So what are the three things that are necessary for healing? Seeing with the eyes, hearing with the ears, and understanding in the heart. It's the same scripture that, that Moses was talking to the people. It's the same scripture that Jesus, Jesus brings up in Matthew 13. You know, Jesus says, you know, Jesus started talking about the four, four kinds of soils. And, the peop and, and, his, and his disciples come to him and say, you know, can you explain that to us? Why are you talking in riddles and, and, and parables? And Jesus says, actually, it has already been prophesied that the ears will be dull and the eyes will be, you know, I, the I, eyes won't see. That's why I have to come out in riddles and parables. Tonight as we sit here, you know, I want to encourage you. God wants us to see. God wants us to hear and have an understanding heart. I'll just cover just one aspect. I'll just cover one aspect of hearing God. Because in that hearing is what you will have a byproduct of faith. And it is that faith that can set you apart from being a champion or being a loser. I've been a loser too long. And when God intervened in my life and he started giving faith, that's when I became a champion. For too long I had heard that I would never be good enough for anything. You know, I come, I come from a country where we used to have bullock carts. And when I, when I was up to no good, I was told that you will end up driving a bullock cart. And all you will do is, all you will do is you'll recover cow dung. I was told that again and again. And as a child, I received that. 
I was told again and again that I will not be successful in life. But when faith took grip of me, I knew I was born to be a champion. You know, that's the difference between a champion and a loser. Tonight, as you sit there, you know, I'm sure God would speak to your heart. Because he wants, he's looking for a people who will be champions. He's out to make a, a group of people who will be champions. It's not one champion that he's after. He's after a bunch of people who will be champions. Who will be outstanding. Who will be people who will go beyond what they have been called to and do excellently. You know what's the importance of, of faith? Because when, when you have heard God in a, in a matter, it won't change your direction. It, you will not move from where, what you are doing. That's the beauty of faith. Because you have heard it in your spirit. But you have, you have heard it within you. Because now no longer do you need an assurance from situations around you. No longer do you need people to come and tell you again and again, Oh, you are a champion. Because you have heard the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords speak to your heart, speak in your spirit, saying, I have a plan for you. That plan is not to destroy you, but to develop you and make you into a champion. He is good. He is good. <laughs> oh, yes. There are times when, you know, when it does not look like anything is working on our behalf. There are times when it looks like the situation is working against us. It is in such times that our faith works. We, travel, we started our journey of walking with God about 1997, after Jesse and I got married in 1997. You know, the first thing we said to God is, God, we say amen to your plans. We just say yes. And so a door opened for us to, to travel to another nation. And go to a Bible school and be trained. You know, when we, when we were ready to do that, I was in a highly paid job. I had a chauffeur-driven car. So the, the driver, you know, he, he, he would dress exactly like our policeman here. He would have his hat on and he would come and stand outside my house with his hands raised, you know, saluting me as I would come out. He would carry my bag into the car. And we heard this call of God. So we decided to pack and move, but we did not have the courage to tell our parents because it's a bit abnormal to, look, to, to pack up and move just like that because people would ask us, where are you going? Oh, we are going to Malaysia. Where in Malaysia? I did not know that there could be other cities in Malaysia. Oh, you know, how, you know, where and all these things. And as... As we were packing, then we finally told our parents that, you know, we have decided to go to the Bible school. They were now very convinced that we have, we have lost the last mental balance or piece of balance that we had. But they did not object. But still, there was this, this great concern in our heart. Am I doing what God has called me to do? 
am I taking my family? Because by then we already had a child. She was 14 months old. Am I doing what, what God has really asked me to do? And Jessie was, you know, Jessie was praying. She was, she was praying in tongues in the kitchen and she was doing the work. And as she was praying in tongues, suddenly her attention focused on a sentence that she was repeating. And she was constantly repeating one sentence. And it said, Abra Sori Haran, Abra Sori Haran, Abra Sori Haran. Like she thought there is something definitely God trying to tell us. So she came and told me, Sergeant, I don't know what this means, but do you understand what it means? I said, yes. It's one of the dialects. And it meant Abraham left Haran. I don't need anybody else's confirmation that I'm called to go. You know, a couple of years later, we were on the way to New Zealand. And uh, we were sitting at the airport. And we met this random couple. And out of the blue, he says, you're going to the land that is flowing with milk and honey. Where did Abraham go? To the land that was flowing with milk and honey. God can find people who will speak to you what he wants to speak to you. So, you know, if faith is so important, I started wondering, how do I hear God? What are the ways that I can hear God? Is he talking about just hearing with my ears? Or is he talking about something else? And I started mulling over this. What I'm going to give you is not an exclusive list. It's, it's not an exhaustive list. But that you can add other things to it. But I'll give you a few examples. I want to share some stories with you of how each one of these, how God spoke to us in each, of, in each one of these ways. You know, when I came to the Lord, my background is this. I would be in church... I had an electronic watch which would tell me, you know, the, the hour, the minute, and the second. And I would be watching that. Tick, tick, tick. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I was competing with the seconds, you know. I would be constantly looking at my watch so that the priest would finish what he had to do and I could go home. I did not know anything about the Bible. And then God started, I came to the Lord and God started speaking to me. He said, I want you to preach the gospel. I said, no way. Only two kinds of people preach the gospel. One is those who cannot find a job. I'm talking about Indians, you know. And the other one is when you're old and retired and you have nothing else to do. That's what I have seen. So I said, no, I will not. I'm too young to do this. And I was not being sarcastic or anything like that. This was my observation. And I said, God, I'm quite qualified and I can find a job. About a month, he spoke to me about like this for a month. And he finally said, okay, what I want you to do is, I want you to pick up the book of Jeremiah. And I want you to read that first two chapters. And young Jeremiah was having the same argument that I was having with God. And God spoke to me and gave me my calling. He called me when I did not know what nations means. I did not know what the Bible means. I did not know anything. So one of the ways that God speaks to you is, He speaks to you 
in your heart. He starts talking to you. It's like you are talking to somebody. How many of you have had this experience of actually talking to somebody in your mind? So you have the same experience. You are, not, you are, you are talking back and forth. And I started talking back and forth with God. And so he answered me, answered the questions that I had. One day, oh, he told me this, but I did not know what to do. I tried to look for some answers, saying, you know, what do I do with this that, that, that you have asked me to do? So, when you don't know what to do, what do you do? You go to sleep. So, I started resting you know, I was sleeping one day, and I heard a very clear, audible voice. Prepare to preach the gospel. Now, I did not know what's the gospel. So I picked up the Bible and started reading through the Bible to find the gospel. The only scripture that I found that speaks about the gospel is in Romans. That it's the power of God unto salvation. I couldn't find anything else. And while I was doing this, I said, God, what else do you want me to do? He said, I want you to study the life of Abraham. It's interesting that later on, he took us out as if we are on a journey like Abraham. When he speaks, he keeps repeating the same thing. He will not forget. People around us might forget, we might forget, but he's constant. He keeps the same, he keeps speaking the same theme. That's why it's important that when we hear him, that we know and we know and we know in our heart that this is what he has spoken. No matter what the situation is, what the circumstances, we keep going. One of the other ways that God speaks to us is when we read the scriptures. So, we land in New Zealand and I cannot find a job. I can't get a job. I tried my best. I cannot get a job. And so finally I said, okay God, I fasted. I have bound. I have loosened. I have done everything. I have rolled on the floor. I have done everything. Now you tell me what I should do. And I started reading 1 Samuel. And I read how Hannah gave away the son that was not yet born. That was a Rima word for me. I'm not saying that's the way everybody does it. It was a word for me. I gave him what I still did not have. I gave him my job. I gave him every dollar that came out of it. Jesse and I made a commitment. Lord, we will give you the income that comes out of the job that you'll give me so that you can send out missionaries. In two weeks' time, I got a phone call saying, we would like to interview. I did not approach them. They approached me. There was no vacancy. They said, there is no vacancy, but we would like to see you. At the end of three weeks, they offered me a job. So when you have heard God... What And you obey it. What happens is, I, how did I hear this? I heard it through the scriptures. And when I heard it and I obeyed it, I knew in my heart. When I went for the interview, I was absolutely relaxed. The first half an hour of my interview, I shared the gospel 
with the managing director of the biggest accounting company in Hawke's Bay. For the first half an hour, and then he suddenly realizes, oh, this guy is here for an interview. And then he looks at me and says, oh, you're supposed to be interviewed, so let's start the interview now. We don't want to employ any more people. We don't have any vacancy. But we'll put you through a psychometric test, and we'll pay for all the fees and everything. Because when you have heard God, he makes a way for you. When there is no way, he will know how to make a way for you. You know, when we were preparing to go to Malaysia, God would speak to us through dreams. He can speak to us through dreams. Because all this is, what is all this doing? It's hearing and it is coming into my spirit and it is creating faith within me. So now, Jesse is, Jesse is the dreamer and then she tells me what she dreams and we work out, okay? So it's all the time. All the time God would speak to her in dreams. And so Jesse got the dream. We were flying in a flight, you know, we were flying over, over, over countries and then we were traveling in a boat. I said, that's great. Where is our passport? We don't even have a passport at that time. So anyway, we went ahead and got a passport. And at that point, we did not have any plans to leave the nation. And then suddenly out of nowhere came this, this information about this Bible school in Malaysia. So we said, okay, we'll go. So we packed our bags, moved there. One week into our stay there, the principal of the school called us and she said, Sergeant, unfortunately, you have come with your child and the visa that we got for you cannot allow you to have your child here. Now she had no idea what she was doing. It was like a death sentence for us. I had spent all my life saving to go there. I had spent every dollar that I had earned I had cut every bridges because my parents were against going. Jesse's parents were against us going. The whole community was wondering whether we were mad. And if I send Jesse back, I do not have any money to bring Jesse, you know. If I send Jesse back to take Jeriel back home, I don't have money to fly her back. And so we fasted. You know, you, you lose your appetite when you have news like this. So it was easy to fast. We fasted. And then one week into, you know, one week after this, the principal calls a meeting of all the students who were there in the school and she says, we are traveling to the next country by boat. Hallelujah. And so we went to the principal after everybody had gone and we said, you know, Sister Leeming, we saw this dream. Can we stay? We will travel by boat. She looked at us and said, if you have the faith, we will stand by you. So we have no visas, no money, <laughs> and we want to travel to another country by boat. But we had heard it, and we had heard it, and we had heard it. So where did we hear it? We heard it in our spirit. And we knew that God would come through. Because when you hear it in your spirit, if you hear it in your mind, things that happen around you will chase away the, the, the impression that you have in your mind. But if you have heard in your spirit, 
no matter what is happening around you, it will not waver. Because it is imprinted, it is in your spirit and you know God will come through. You have that tenacity now to fight and, and stand up for what God has, has put in place for you. So we stayed in kind of hiding for four or five, four months. And then everything came right. <laughs> the very immigration who said cannot give us a visa, they issued us a visa. We suddenly, God gave us favor with one of the richest men in that nation. He went to the king and got a visa signed for us. After that, we were supposed to travel to Indonesia. Now, Indonesia and Indians are not friends. They, they, they are not friends. And so we were traveling to Indonesia by boat. So when we put in our application, our application was rejected right at the counter. So then again we were called for a meeting and we were told, Sajan, your application has been rejected. I said, it doesn't matter. I saw, we went by boat and we will go. So she, she looks at us and says, okay, we'll do as you want. If you have the faith to go, we'll take you. We went to that nation. God supernaturally took us into that country. For seven days we stayed in that nation. We preached the gospel in that nation. You know, it was, I tell you, it was, it is quite scary, but at the same time you have the faith. I don't know how to put it, but you are, at one moment you are on the top and then another moment you are thinking, did I do the right thing? We went into bylanes where suddenly a child would appear and say, don't go further. A man would come and say, don't go further, there is danger. So we would turn around and go into the next byline. We are, what we are doing is we are attracting and giving out the, the scriptures to these Muslim people. We had heard and God had said go. Seven days later, the authorities realized that the Indians had got through. So we received a phone call and we were given 45 minutes to get out of the nation. Within 45 minutes, get out of the nation. So we packed our bags, rushed back to the, uh, to, the, to the port. They had organized transport for us. So we sat in the boat. Now, Jeriel at that time was less than two years old. But she knew something was just not right. She's, she's a happy-go child and she would run around and do all that. For two and a half hours of our journey, from Indonesia to Malaysia, she sat quietly and we were praying in tongues because we were going to face the biggest trouble that we had ever imagined because what the embassy immigration had done is they had stamped in our passport that we, that we never entered into that country. So what happens is they, I leave the port on the 1st of September and I disappeared into thin air for seven days and I'm coming back to the port again on the 7th of September. So imagine what the immigration will ask me. Have you been smuggling drugs? Where did you disappear for seven days? So like, I have prayed in tongues in the past, but this was crazy. I was, you know, I was trying to pray with two mouths. I was, I was flinging my hands around and, you know, doing all kinds of things, praying hard. 
God supernaturally took us out of that situation. And we walked across the border free. We've done that again and again and again. We have learned that border crossings are for good people. Because those who walk by faith, they walk when they hear God. We don't walk by sight, but the righteous shall walk by faith. Doors open. We have been caught on borders. We have been interrogated. All things have happened. But suddenly out of nowhere, God would send people. You know, we have, got, we have had experience of Muslims, Muslim leaders coming and taking out us out of situations which could have been dangerous. We serve an awesome God. We serve an awesome God. You know, these are some of the ways that you can hear God. But the thing is, we have learned, faith just does not come. It does not appear. It just does not appear. You have to position yourself. You know, I... We have lived... We have lived a long time without money or income. So if you want food to multiply in your house, what do you do? Which, which are the miracles that you read? You read the miracles of Elijah and Elisha. You read the miracles that Jesus did. You don't need to watch television because you want the food in your house to multiply. If you want healing in your house, you don't watch television. You don't watch other things. You read scriptures that fills your heart and your mind with, with faith. I've seen, you know, when, when, when electronic things die in our home, we don't throw it away. We pray over them and make them alive. We bring them back to life. We don't throw it. We pray over it and we keep praying over it till it comes alive. I've learned it because Elisha did it. I can do it. Elijah did it. I can do it. Jesus did it. I can do it. I've led people to pray, God, I want some money to come into my bank account. And it appeared. You need to have that kind of faith. God, the child faith. But how do you get that? Read. I, you know, there have been months after months I've read nothing else in the Bible. But just the stories of Elisha and Elijah. Elisha and Elijah. The miracles that Jesus did. Because why? I needed miracle in my own life. I needed breakthrough in my own life. And that's all I read. That's all I read. Because my mind had to wrap around, my faith had to be wrapped around my mind because my mind would tell me, it's impossible. That electronic thing has died. It's impossible. And my spirit would say, no, it is possible. It has to come alive. Faith will not come. It, does, it doesn't fly in. You have to position. We have to position ourselves in a way that faith will come. Keep away from negative people and negative talk. Just keep away from it because you can do without it. And the last one, you know we are running out of time. The last one, remember the times that God has come through faithfully for you. Just sit on it and meditate on it. 
You know, I always thought that Abraham, it looked like Abraham was a superman. God asked for him, asked that, you know, you give me your son and he gave it away. That's what I had learned all my life. I had heard this story umpteen times till I read in Hebrews, it said that Abraham reasoned. Abraham reasoned? He sat there and he thought. And this is what he reasoned. The God who made it possible for Sarah to have a child when her womb and her body had almost shriveled away is still able to fulfill the promise. He sat there and reasoned that with 314 people I destroyed and defeated five kings and they called me a prince. He sat down and reasoned that the king of that place, Abimelech, came and made a, a covenant with him. Can you please not be angry with us? So I sat there and reasoned, if God is able to do this for me, he can do that for, you know, he, he has done that in the past, he can do that again. You know, I don't know about you tonight, but there is one thing that I know. That if you position yourself, God can give you faith. You know, we'll get the worship team up. You know, you, have, you just heard what God can do for you. It's impossible to please God without faith. And faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. Tonight, I want to ask you, if you're in the low place where you, you seem to be struggling for faith, God can give you faith tonight. If there is a situation in your life where you need a breakthrough, God can give you faith to hold on to things so that you can see that breakthrough come. This is what you know, how does faith come? Faith comes by hearing the word. And God spoke a word. Why is it important? Because what God speaks, it will never come back empty. When God speaks into your heart that I am going to redeem that situation, I am going to make your child come back, that, that child who is not, does not know the Lord, I am going to make that child come back. It doesn't matter what he is talking to you about. But once he has released that word from heaven, it will not come back empty. It will fulfill the purpose for which it was sent. 